Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Finding Self with Jake. This is your host, Jake Sudnick. How is everyone doing today? So I've got a episode that I've prepared that is really, I would say, close to me on this one. And we're going to talk about people pleasing today. Now, this is something that I've covered a lot in prior episodes, very briefly, but I wanted to take some time and actually detail what, you know, what people pleasing is, some examples that have affected me personally, and some steps that you can take to combat it a little bit more in your personal life and figure out some healthy ways to deal with people pleasing tendencies and how to change the course of what it is that you're doing to become more confident moving forward. So let's start from the beginning. Now, when we talk about people-pleasing, I personally have struggled with this for a long time. Let me give a more specific example. So one of the... And this is where it becomes a weird dance for me because about a year, maybe closer to a year and a half ago now, my work that I was part of I also was part of a coaching organization where I was being coached by someone. Now, with this organization, one of the most important parts of having a coach is setting some goals for yourself and things that you want to accomplish. Now, what I found when I started goal setting, when I really analyzed looking back the decisions I was making, a lot of the goals that I had set were based off of numbers that somebody else wanted me to achieve. Or I, th- or maybe it wasn't even them saying it, but it was by me comparing myself to others and other people's lives and circumstances that I was creating these goals because I thought that's what I should be doing, not what I actually really wanted. So my people pleasing kicked in. And when I had a coach that was questioning me and asking me about my goals, instead of being honest with myself and saying the things that I really wanted, uh, which to be, to be fair, I was a little bit unsure of, I would give goals to that person, the person that I was paying to help me. I would give goals that I didn't really want because I felt like that's what they wanted me to want. Now, let me say that again. I would give people goals that I wanted them to hold me accountable to because I felt that they wanted me to want those goals. What a brain warp like I warp idea is that that I'm coming up with these things in my mind that I should be doing because I think that someone else wants me to do them and I want to feel like I'm part of that group and I want to feel included and don't get me wrong these were still very good goals for a lot of people and there's nothing wrong with wanting the things that I wrote down for those that really want them. But I had found found and felt this identity that I developed with this group of people that I was part of. And in order to keep that identity, I felt that my goals and ambitions needed to match theirs. And When I really, really started to notice that this was a problem, I had been part of the organization for probably about three years, which is crazy that it it did take me some time because at the beginning it felt good, it felt exciting. But as time progressed on, I noticed 
I was getting very, very burnt out with my work life. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was that was causing that burnout. I just knew that the more time I was spending in my office pushing myself for these goals that I had set, I I wasn't happy with what I was doing. And that that was a problem because the the goals that I had, even though the numbers had not really changed much, were felt harder and heavier. And it was like the weight I was carrying was getting greater, though nothing had really moved in my life. It was about the same as it was before. Now, this people-pleasing um, tendency has shown up in other aspects of my life, too, where in my um, romantic life, in my relationships, I have previously been hesitant to speak my mind about things because I didn't want to upset someone, even though it was something I really cared about. Now, that that was difficult because when you consistently put others' happiness before your own, at some point, that is going to catch up with you. And at some point, those feelings that you have, which may be very valid feelings, are going to... To, to again, like I said, they're going to catch up. And now there's this resentment that can almost grow because you've spent all this time really trying to be something that you're not or, you know, put on a face because it helped the other person feel better. And it, it was, it was bad in the end. Now I learned this after all of um, all of these little endeavors that I had had, and there's a, there's probably a handful more exa- uh, more examples, but those were two that were very easy and um, clear to me. But I, I learned that the uh, Enneagram personality test I scored a two, which is very fitting and has a lot to do with people pleasing tendencies. So I would consider myself a little bit of an expert through <laughs> through trial and error in this category. Now. Some ways to deal with people-pleasing, because I think that that's what we're really here to talk about, is, okay, I understand that this is a problem for me, and, and maybe for some of you who, who don't quite understand yet or are still figuring that out, it's crazy when you actually start to realize what it can do to you, because at first, I didn't notice that it was a problem. I didn't notice I was even people-pleasing. I just thought it was like, this is me and what I like to do. But where I started to notice the problem came in the expectations that I had set. In doing these things for others, I started to create this expectation that there would be some kind of reward in it for me, which is the really negative part of people-pleasing is, you know, you, you start to have this expectation that there'll be a reward. And that reward might not necessarily always come from the other person, but that you'll feel this fulfillment or you'll have this great joy that'll come about for doing all these things. And if they're not aligned with what you care about and your personal goals and ambitions, then at at some point that feeling will either run out or will change to something negative. So to get back into what I was talking about, I wrote down a few questions that I wanted to start off with here to talk about people-pleasing and help you listening with some some uh, tips and tricks and, and things that I have done to get over my people-pleasing tendencies. 
So first question, are you doing things because you want to do them? Or are you doing things because you feel like it's what others want you to do? This is a really good, easy question just to identify if you are in fact a people pleaser. So are you doing things because you want to do them? Or are you doing things because you feel like it's what other people want you to do? That's a pretty straightforward question. And, and it may change depending on the circumstance, but if you're able to ask yourself that, write down the answer and it's going to take you to the next question here. Do you feel that your reality, your perception of the world is warped by you trying to create a life based off of how you think others will perceive what you do? Is your reality warped by you trying to create a life based off of how you think others will perceive what you do? So that's taking people pleasing a step further. Do you actually think that there's, there's your, your life needs to be based off of others? So with uh, where this gets really tricky now is we talk about, you know, social media and how you can, how you portray yourself to the world, which is so interesting to me because it's kind of this machine where we're able to post little things that give people just enough insight into our lives to know exactly what we want them to know. So a platform like this, I've really started to enjoy because I think the vulnerability and realness of what we can share in full conversations is much greater sometimes than what you can put into a post. Not saying that some people don't also do that and some people do it very well. And, and I certainly appreciate that so much. But what our world is today, we've got so many different filters that we can put on who we are. And even when it comes to our personal life, I, I mean, there's a little bit of a face that you put on for the person you are at work or the person you are at home. And, and it can change. You know, some people are so authentically themselves, and I envy that so much because they're able to really just be them in this full capacity. And you like it or you leave it, that mindset. I, I think it's so admirable to me, those who can just be like that. But for others like myself that struggle with, being themselves. And when we talk about finding self, the idea of being more of who you are, this is a key component. So this topic is really, really important to the whole concept and idea of what this show is, which is, is being more of you. So other ways to be more of you when we'll, we'll talk, talk about the first part. Now that's making decisions that involve other people. So under this category of making decisions that involve other people, this is going to be everyone, right? We, at some point in our life, we'll have people around us that are going to see our decisions and they will either be part of that. They will not be part of that, or they'll be watching it. And all of those are, are real things that we will experience as people. We're social creatures. You can't be a hundred percent on your own. Um, I guess some people can, but you'd have to be a hermit in the woods and that's not, <laughs> I guess it got a little bit more popular this past year too. So maybe I should take that back. You could run away to the woods, but for us that are here and participating in the world, trying to predict the future of what someone might say. So when we're talking about making decisions or having other uh, opinions that, that deal with other people, trying to, 
craft our thoughts and phrases and words exactly to predict the response we will receive from someone else is a is a process that's going to just drain you and take a lot of energy out of you and ultimately be a lot of time and effort wasted for something you just don't have control over. So if you find yourself, you know, leading up to, let's say an example of this for me would be, I have a problem that has come up at work. I know it's a problem and I know that I'm going to have to address a client that I'm working with and call them and tell them about said problem. Uh, previous me would go ahead and write down what it was that I was going to tell them. And then I would think about what all of their potential responses could be. Are they going to like it? Are they going to dislike it? Are they going to get mad? Are they going to yell? Are they going to be okay? And I would try and come up with what I would say back given their response, which is a real, real tough thing to do because you're going to take all of this time crafting out this idea of what you think they might say and create all these expectations when in reality they may have very little to say back at all or whatever you came up with wasn't even close. So taking the step back to be able to make a decision, let's, let's put some numbers on this. So number one, get in the habit of making decisions more quickly. If you're someone who struggles with that, making quick decisions, let's speed up the pace of it. Don't take the time to try and write out every possible answer. Understand that you can make a decision quickly. Now, part two, to help you feel more comfortable with this process of quicker decision-making, practice the type of response you can give when you're not sure what to say. And it's very simple. Most of the time we're overthinking it so much that we have to have this perfect answer, but that's just not true. If you're caught off guard by a response to someone, say you give them some bad news or you have a tough conversation and they say something you just don't know how to respond to, it's okay for you to say, you know, that's a great point or that is, that is a valid question. I'm going to need a moment to take some time to, to think about this for a second and I'll get right back to you with an answer. It's okay to say that, and it's reasonable to say that. Now, obviously, we can't have a conversation in 15 parts and go through every single question like this, but in the tough questions, it's okay to give an answer. Now, here's another thing that, for better or worse, it's okay to give the answer that's on your mind and what you're thinking right away, too. It's okay to be truthful and honest. Being tactful is a skill that will come with time and that's something that you can work on to be more delicate for situations that require it but giving that answer quickly is okay and if you give the wrong answer if you give something that upsets somebody or or doesn't sit right and the conversation doesn't quite go how you hoped it's also okay to apologize if if you feel you're in the wrong with something that's an important step too so knowing that you can make a decision quickly, you're practicing those quick decision makings by being tactful and giving honest responses quickly. You can also take the option to take some time and think about your response in situations that require it. And being able to apologize for situations that you know that you're wrong. Those are just the quick steps to being able to have conversations that would typically trigger your people-pleasing thoughts 
if you feel like you those could be brought on, those are typical and normal ways to respond to people in those situations. Now, for personal relationships, this could be something that's a little bit deeper because this is something that you don't want to negatively affect people that you're spending, you know, that, that mean a lot in your life. Some of those we choose and others we don't. But no matter what, being upfront and honest is still the key here and being very forward with your thoughts because if it is truly how you think and truly how you feel, it's important to be able to share that with others because the reality of the situation is no matter what you say, no matter how perfect you may have crafted your words, you're not always going to be on the same page as everyone and that's okay. So accepting that we are different and we have different thoughts and feelings and ideas, it makes you who you are. And by owning those things, you will attract more of the people in your life that accept you for that. And it will push away more of the people who don't. It could be tough at first. It could be a difficult thing to deal with. But in the long run, it's going to be so much healthier and so much better for you as a person. Now, quick side note to remember, when making a quick decision, you do not and slash cannot decide how someone will react. We said that earlier. I'm saying it one more time for you. you. You don't have control over someone else's reaction. We can, again, try to be as delicate as possible, but if you're, if you're holding back what you really mean, at some point it will come out. So it's best to just be honest and forward with what you think and how you think it. Many times the reaction you receive may not be as bad as what you have concocted in your head. So try to approach decisions involving others from a place of compassion and know that the moment you help them deal with what informa whatever information you had to deal with, you'll work through it. And I, I guess my thought on that too is if the problems that you're dealing with give you an emotional response, it doesn't mean they'll necessarily give it to someone else, but if they do, that is okay. And it may just take that other person some time as well to work through that thought and or feeling. All perfectly normal things. So people pleasers out there, raise your hands. Do you understand what I'm saying when we're talking, <laughs> when we're talking about this and how you have to identify what it is that you care about? Now that's the, the last and probably one of the most important parts of this whole process is to make sure that you are not, in fact, following a pattern which is putting you in, into people-pleasing in a, in a really negative way. You have to understand your core values as a person and the things that you stand for. Again, you have to understand your core values as a person and the things that you stand for. So if you know very well who you are and how you would feel in a situation, it does make it easier to give your opinion and make decisions. If there's things that you're not sure about, it's okay to take time to think about them. And and I know as, as an overthinker, that's something that I do a lot is that I will spend a lot of time considering things that I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it. And it is also okay to to be honest with people and, and tell them that you're you're still figuring it out or you're not 100% sure either. That way, again, you're being forward with what it is that you are actually trying to convey. Now, 
making decisions on your own is the second part of this. So we were just talking about this is the first half was all really relating to group situations and and dealing with, you know, whether it be one on one or just, you know, a partner or a work decision. These are all kind of how you would interact with people, your interpersonal relationships. Now, part two is making decisions on your own. So these can often involve your career or just what direction you want your life to go in. This can be really challenging because no matter whose input you get, the decision has to be yours. It has to be yours. So it's ultimately your life that any decision you make is going to affect when it comes to something personal. So you can ask for a million opinions or get the opinions you don't want, or maybe you do want, but it, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because you're only making a decision that's for you. So let's start here. If you feel you need to gather outside validation to make a deci decision that solely affects your life, Again, ask yourself why. In this circumstance, if you really are going to be honest with yourself, the reason you want outside validation is simply a safety net. You have someone co-sign your personal journey. So if the decision you make doesn't go the way you've planned, then you have somebody to lean on. Or the other side of that might be you like that co-sign on for your journey because you're having trouble you know, with imposter syndrome or taking ownership of the things that you do well. Now, that's a really interesting idea, isn't it? That that you could actually be struggling to the point where you're, you have such a people-pleasing tendency that even the decisions that go well for you, you want to give away your credit to someone else by asking all these outside people for their opinions so that when it does go well, you can write it off as it still wasn't you that made it happen. That's, you know, I'm, I'm saying this out loud and I know that this is something I've done myself. I don't know what it is that makes, makes people like myself that, that have this tendency want to be able to push off the responsibility. And I don't know if it is deeply the fear that it will go wrong and then, you just get to have this little peace of mind in your head like, okay, well, it wasn't 100% me that, that did that. It wasn't all on me. But not taking that ownership is incredibly detrimental to your life. And, th and that's a person that I, I used to be and I've, I've worked very hard to grow out of because in taking ownership, there is also a freedom and a sense of confidence that you gain from your decision-making. And when you can do that honestly... It really starts to change how you perceive the world. Now, consider this. What if instead of planning for the worst, uh, plan that things went right? <laughs> how about that? What if those who heard your choices found out you proved everyone wrong? What if the decision you made led to a happy and more fulfilled version of yourself because you took ownership to follow a path you believed in? How does that sound to you? That's a question that, that I started asking myself more. What if everything went right? What if I made these decisions and it worked out for me because I committed and I was 100% owning who I wanted to be in that moment? 
whenever that little voice pops in the back of your head, you can't do it. You know, who do you think you are? Why would anyone ever listen to you? Man, that is just the perfect time to start thinking, you know what? But what if they did? What if there's one person out there who hears this, that this actually mattered and helped? And that one person that heard it was enough for you to carry on and do what you're doing. Now, I'm just talking to myself here, literally and uh, metaphorically (laughs) in this show, because I've in the past week, I have to be honest, I've thought that about about what I'm doing with the podcast, where I've considered, why would someone listen to this? Who am I even speaking to here? Do they care to hear what I'm talking about? And that's completely the wrong mindset. So as soon as that starts to creep into my head, I have to really shift focus and think, but what if I'm doing, what if what I am doing works out? What if it ends up being the best decision ever that I started following something I was passionate and cared about? That's a much more powerful statement. And no matter what the outcome is, I'm much more happy moving in a direction where I think like that than the opposite. And that's all that that matters for that point is that the mindset you carry along the way, no matter how, what the end outcome is, doesn't matter. But your process and how you execute in that process is going to be largely affected by your mindset in that situation. So many times we write, we negatively reinforce making a decision that could better our lives. So that's instead of following again, our, what we want, we're following a decision that, that's can really just put us in the wrong place. You know, that can come from not doing the things that you actually care about. So there's, there's a lot of different places that, and reasons why that can all happen. But for today, what matters is just recognizing that thought and getting out of your own way. So imagine that change that you want really working out again, and it requires you to commit to it. If you cannot believe in you, then what? why would someone else? That's what I'm trying to say here, is you have to believe in that instinct and that whatever it is, that gut thought that you have, because if you can't believe in you, why would someone else believe in you? Now, the last point here in decision-making on your own. In closing, it can seem really overwhelming to radically change your mindset into this improved version of yourself. Um, just know that the change isn't always as big as you think. You're already, you already have everything you need to do it. So just commit to your decisions. Life will always keep moving. So don't be afraid to move with it. And as the saying goes, it's better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all. So for those that are still in that people pleasing mindset or people like me, where, you know, it's, it's a, it's an issue that will surface and be something that you have to deal with because it's a part of your part of the way that you think and something that you're still currently working through. Know that you will work through it. That's part one. Change the language in your head to this is something that, that I'm working through to this is something that I am aware of and have taken steps to improve 
how I make decisions in a way that will better both others and myself. Because this isn't an either or. And that's one thing I want to make very clear. You're not giving up helping other people by making decisions for yourself. You're improving the quality of decisions you make so that they help both you and others. Because at some point, you will run out of that energy if you're only putting energy into others. And you, we've said it a lot of times now, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You have to have that willingness inside of you and that that ability to keep moving forward by taking care of yourself and making decisions that are good for you because taking care of yourself isn't just isn't just physical work and it's not even just mental work but it's also taking actual action steps in your life that are going to cause you to be more of the person that you want to be so don't be afraid of those steps and if you're afraid that it may push people away it is a possibility that that can happen, but the people that matter are, are going to stick out even more, and it's really going to start attracting more of a life that you want to live. So don't be afraid of it. Lean into it, my friends, and push forward. So that's all I've got for you today on people-pleasing. This has been a interesting talk, to say the very least, and it's required me to go back through some notes and think about some things that, that I haven't thought about in a little bit, but still actively impact my life. So I'm happy that I did and I'm happy I got to talk through this with everyone. That's all for today. You guys can listen to the show. Uh, you can always find us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook at finding self with Jake. That's where you can find me Instagram and Facebook. There's also the finding self group. Uh, when you like the page, you'll be automatically invited to finding self with Jake and friends. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I super, super appreciate it. Like and rate the show on Apple. And if uh, if you could follow on Spotify, it would mean the world to me. Every little bit helps. So that's all we've got for today. And we'll talk to you again. Take care.